0: Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host,
1: Jerry. Hello and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking about tabletop role-playing game and tips and tricks that you can use for your game at home, bring it up to the next level, and hopefully find a little more enjoyment out of it. Today's topic is going to be dealing with player absences, uh, how you can handle it when your players don't all show up. Before we get into the topic, let's introduce you to the hosts in the studio today. I'm Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the world of Wrath and semi-professional DM. And Ed. Ed Sleepy. All right, so today's topic is absent players. Now, we actually just earlier today were doing our regular game in which we had a couple of the players who weren't able to make it due to uh, previous commitments or due to a little bit of information issues. So we figured this would be a good time for us to hit on dealing with what do you do when your players don't show up. Now, obviously, if all your players can't make it, you just call the game, take a week off, have fun, find something else to do, come back at it next week. But when you have one or two players out, and if they're out consistently, or if they're out just one at a time, how do you handle it? What do you do? So we talked a little bit about the different options, came up with a list, and we're just gonna kinda go down the list, talk about the different options that we came up with, and how you can ya- kinda of utilize them. Um, the first option is the cardboard cutout, shove them into the bag of holding, pretend that they're kinda just not there. Um, which has benefits, has disadvantages. I think one of the big benefits about it is it's really easy to implement, um, but it does require that suspension of belief that nobody kind of asks, hey, where is this character today?
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, really important. It kind of depends on your sessions, too, um, when you use that. Like, if it's an important character, which, again, we were discussing prior to recording, but it's an important PC or they're going to be heavily involved in, like, some role-playing for that session. That's not the choice you want to use. But as long as everyone that is there as a player is willing to accept or, you know, go with that suspension of belief and just be like, okay, yeah, they're just not here right now. Let's just move on with our lives, play the game, enjoy what we got, and we'll just pick them up the next time they're here.
2: A lot of it also depends on how how important is that character, not the player, but the character to the moment that you're in. So, you know, obviously, if this was, you know, some big character-driven goal and that was the character that was driving it, well, then maybe you might want to reconsider, but you know, if this if their being there doesn't really change anything, then certainly take them out. Uh, one thing to avoid, though, is, you know, if you had set up, say, a dungeon and you know knew it was going to be a little rough, you know, maybe, maybe this is the time to, you know, not take the character out of there, have them just kind of be there, but be bland, and that's kind of the idea here. You know, you, don't, you certainly don't want to remove anyone. That may be important to getting through
1: the dungeon, so yeah. that might be where yeah. this option comes in. Which is also kind of the joke of the, the turn him into a cardboard cutout. Exactly. Um, I believe it was one of the gamers movies that actually had that with, the character wasn't there, so there was just kind of the cardboard cutout of the character right. standing in the back of the party everywhere they went, and nobody kind of commented on the fact that he just happened to be a cardboard character rather than a raging barbarian.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think the big trick with, again, shoving him into the bag of holding and then being a cardboard cutout character is the, uh, the GM knowing to readjust and rescale things for the day. Again, like you said, if they're an important character for the role-playing that's going on, you need to have another option. Like if they're the the key social person, and you're in the middle of like a big social interaction where they were the, the point man, you wanna choose a different option. But also when it comes to like combat and stuff, like maybe they weren't the the biggest in con- the combatant, but they're still adding to the team, they're still adding to the strategies. Yep. You might need to do, you know, might need to scale down your combat a little bit, you know, take a few minions out, maybe it'll reduce the power, you know, the hit points or power of the the
1: big baddie that they're gonna be fighting that day. Yep. Some you might have to restructure entirely. You know, yeah, if sure. you're if you're up against something like a displacer beast that they're hard to hit, so it, the combat takes a while and they're going to be pounding pounding you for a bit. Yeah. And the person who's missing is your barbarian tank who takes a lot of damage for the group. You, know, you may need to swap that out for a different encounter just because they right. don't have the capacity to withstand the beating that they would if the barbarian was there. Or, again, choose one of the
0: other options, like another one is using the NPCs. You know, you're playing them as an NPC. Yeah. So if you, as the, you know, the GM play that character as the NPC, you know, the character well enough, you have their sheet, you have their stats or whatever, you know, however the case is, you know, maybe it's on myth weavers, maybe you got paper sheet, maybe like me, I, you know, I, I use, I have a lot of that stuff programmed in D20 already. So it's easier for me to go, but you can just kind of play them as an NPC. You try to hold them back a little bit, let them, you know, always try to reward the players that are present first, but make, you know, but the NPCs are, can still be there to support. Right. Um, again, we were missing some players today, I had one of them, the characters still played as an NPC while I had another one just in the cardboard cutout, like we were just talking about, so they just weren't there. They were kind of, you know, actually it wasn't even really the cardboard cutout, they were kind of, which is another option. Uh, it was kind of, poof, they're just not there at all. But, you know, one of them which was, was our healer, again, an important person, so I just NPC'd them for the day, you know, we'd, you know, had made sure our healer was around. Again, didn't go, go out of my way. Didn't overplay the character. Very tr- very much tried to play true to how the player played that character. But we're they were there. You know, they were present. They,
1: they did what they could do. And, I mean, it, you have to be difficult... Or, and you have to be careful when you're doing the change to the NPC because, in general, the game master at the table has got the most stuff to do anyway. And when you're making a, an absent player character or an absent player's character into an NPC, you're adding to the workload that the GM has. It's true.
2: Uh, in that case, you know, another thing to think of as a GM, maybe you have a, a player or two, you know, they're maybe a little bit more advanced, you know, you could trust them, you know, maybe kind of lean on them a little bit. Like, hey, can you run this character? You know, they're just, just going to just do the generic, you know, uh, uh, attacks and, and whatnot that the, the player, the character would do. But that's just that goes along the line of you're keeping the piece on the board,
0: but you're kind of delegating the task of running that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jerry's run
1: Adam's character for me a few a few times during his absences, and you know we do have that down as the next list to to change the players, allow another player to run it. Um, I think one of the the pros that the transmute to NPC has that the change of players lacks is that issue of player secrets. Um, well, a sure. player may have unrevealed capabilities. They may have certain storyline goals that aren't necessarily being shared with the players. They may have something from their background that's important that the GM yeah. knows about. The GM knows how that operates, and the players don't.
2: Well, you know, in that case, you don't give the the person running them that rundown. You know, you give them right. the, the stats, what they're capable of doing. You, they're really just there for... For the combat. They're not there for the interaction. I I would, I would definitely, at least in my opinion, I would say if it's due to interaction, that character needs to be there, find something else for everyone else to do. You know, maybe, maybe that character goes in and has a talks. Everyone else isn't allowed in. So they, you have to have them go find something else to do because you don't want anyone to just play that character role playing wise. Okay, because you're you're not their player, but if you're just like oh well we're in the middle of a dungeon we need this guy you know either we need him to cast spells or we need his healing or we need you know and going in there and smashing stuff you know then that's when you can just be like okay yeah I'm gonna hand it over if there are secrets on the character sheet and you have those just hand over like a stat card you know here's the hit points here's the skills here's the attacks and stuff
1: go to town. So I'm personally worried about like the type of situations where like. Uh A PC, like, fell Mm -hmm. and died, and the player that was absent had a fly potion that they had taken and um, were were kind of, like, keeping in their back pocket for an emergency, and they absolutely would have used it if they were there, but it didn't get used because none of the other players knew it existed.
0: So, yeah, but the the DM's still at the table though, so he you know that one might be one of those things where he just like I know you're running this character for yeah. me per the request, but hey, just you know he's got a, a flying potion in his back pocket. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: you even take it over for a second and say, okay, well, yeah, you, he he
2: falls and then the next round like he he flies back up. And you guys are astounded, so just
1: keep no, playing the character. No, I meant I meant like um, the cleric falls off a ledge and the rogue has a has a potion of flying, but the rogue is absent. And the character's, like, best friends with the cleric. Yeah. So he could have saved him, but didn't because the capabilities weren't shared with the player because I like players keeping secrets from each other.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely, I mean, I can see that being a concern, but, you know, again, it's one of those balancing acts. Everything's a balancing act. Everyone's, everything's situational. I would hope that, you know, in a lot of those cases that either the DM remembers and shares that in the moment or... Another option might be like in the next session, like going back and like, Hey, what you guys didn't know what happened off camera was, you know, discuss it with the rogue and make sure that it was okay. Like, Hey, was it, would it have been okay that you threw this potion off the ledge towards the, you know, the cleric? Maybe we all finished that session thinking the cleric was dead, but really what happened is he drank the potion of flying at the last second, but it was almost too late. So like he started to fly, but there was still so much downward gravity momentum that he like kind of conked his head on something and got knocked out for a little while.
1: Sure. I actually really like that way. it. You
0: know what I mean? So then, then, uh, you know, in the next session, all of a sudden the, cl- the, the, cleric shows back up, not dead. What happened? Oh, well the rogue threw this potion. I caught it and drank it in just the nick of time, but I actually hit my head on the ground. just you know, just as I was about to go splat. So I got knocked out for a couple hours when I woke up, you guys were gone. So I had to catch up. <laughs> You know, that's, again, it's all situational. That's not going to work to fix, you know, every problem in every situation, but that's just the kind of things that you can do to be like, you know what? Sometimes things happen off camera.
2: That's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's also as a GM, it's a very, it's a very useful tool. You know, I know uh, we're a little off topic here, but the off-camera action mm-hmm. to have stuff come up and have your players sometimes go, "Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense." When eh, for for the GM who knows everything that's going on, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But it gives a little mystery for the players to unravel. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: So, let's take a look. What else do we have on the list? Um, After changing players, we have the option that is unpopular, but we still wanted to include it, and that is the player character being left behind. Yeah. Um, This is the player gets captured or sick or hungover or what have you and just doesn't go out with the party this time. Right. This commonly
2: happens when you guys are... You know, back in town or, you know, between missions and then the player doesn't make it and you say, "Okay, well, the rest of you go on without this person. You know, it's not so much that, oh, they just disappear. It's not so much that, you know, there's a cardboard cutout following you. They're just not there. Uh, But it's almost reasonable. You know, like you get you can even give them a reason like you're sick, like you say that.
1: Yeah. Now, I have actually seen this. Break a game. Mm-hmm. We had a, oh sure. It was yeah. a situation where one of the players was out one week, so the DM said, "Okay, your character is sick." So the party decided to move. They got information. They found out they needed to be at another town. They moved on. Um, the session wrapped up. They came back. The player comes back. He's now gotten over his sickness back in the, that town that he's in, and the rest of the party is two weeks travel down the road. Yeah. So the session is cutting back and forth between the one player trying to find out what happened to the rest of the party, trying to catch up with him, trying to get there, and the everyone else who's Continuing the story, trying to move down the road. And the way that they cut back and forth um, really kind of killed the momentum. Mm. And I know this is kind of under splitting the party, you know, there was different ways to do and don't. Um, and this was kind of a don't because so much of the focus on one player and then that one player excluded while everybody else did stuff. It, it killed the momentum of the campaign, kind of brought it to a grinding halt, only lasted another two or three sessions. I don't think the single player ever actually wound up meeting up with the rest of the party. Right, And it just, it, it hurt things.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly could see how that would, would happen. I, I would think as a GM, so long as it's plausible, you want that character to meet up with the rest of the group by the end of the session, no matter how far they went. So I would say, you know, even if they've been, you know, traveling for two weeks and now it's the next session. Okay, sure. Maybe they've been traveling for two weeks, but this guy was only sick for three days. So he's actually been following their path. Yeah. You know, and you can give him a, you know, a couple of like solo adventure encounters. You know, maybe he comes across, you know, another traveler who's willing to travel with him, you know, along the way. Uh, You could very well, you know, uh, write up for, so say you have five players. Write up, you know, for you know, just generic NPCs uh, who are people who he meets along the the travel and he or, or along the way, and he travels with them for a bit. You know, there's certainly certainly ways around that, but I would certainly I would definitely say if you're going to split them up, if you're going to use that method, then you can. It's it can be either as simple as a couple of days later you were feeling better, so you started following their trail, uh, and you know you meet up with them, you know. Or, yeah, I'll give you a, a, a couple of like little solo things during the session, and then you meet up with them. But by the end of that session, you the, the group should be back together. Honestly, even before the end of the session, really, I would think.
1: I actually did have an example of one type of game where that's actually not a game-breaking um, issue, and that is the episodic hub-based game. We're based in this city and If we go somewhere, we go out, we do stuff, we come back to the city. Um, And it doesn't have to be a city. You know, it could be an outpost, keep on the borderlands, space station, what have you. But it's where the the party is continually returning back to the same place. It's very easy to have somebody drop out briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe it's a superhero game and that character is actually a teenager and had college finals and couldn't go out with them on their trip to the Negaverse. But when <laughs> the alien comes and starts threatening the world, yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Right.
2: Yeah, for my superhero games, I usually base them out of uh, like a city. You know, I'll have them travel sometimes, but usually just base out of a you know a city, like like most comics are. Yeah. You know, Superman has Metropolis, Batman has Gotham, Marvel has New York.
1: <laughs> yeah. The The Avengers are in New York. Spider-Man's taking care of Queens. Daredevil's micromanaging this couple blocks here. Right. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the whole splitting up, you know, that one person, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could try to bring them back together. There's a lot of ways you could fix it. I mean, while Ed was talking about, you know, the whole them catching back up thing, I had this idea of like, you know, man, that could actually turn into like a spin-off game. You know what I mean? Like, it could turn into you know, like a spin-off television show you know, where you have like the main show, but then there's like this character that they intro for a little while but then he gets separated. The next thing you know, you got uh, you know, this whole spin-off storyline. But I mean, to actually organize that and have that be a tabletop thing is a little bit more complicated obviously, but it's one of those things like depending on your situation, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, I could totally see, okay this character is near death. It takes a bunch of clerics to fix him, you know, get him up back on on his feet, he goes out trying to meet up with his party members who, for all intents and purposes, think he's dead. And then it turns out that he's, you know, on his travels, trying to catch up with his, you know, his former teammates. He meets a whole bunch of new teammates, like you said, his NPCs. But then you could turn that into like, you know what, this guy can't meet with us on Sundays, but he's totally free on Fridays and I'm free on Fridays. I'm willing to run another game. Boom. You got another group there based off of this other storyline. You know what I mean? And do just a total spinoff thing where you have like two parallel groups working in the same world, you know, working, you know. And obviously they're gonna have different maybe they have different goals, maybe they're still working towards the main same end goal. But there's just so many different things you can do in that situation. You can easily catch them up. There shouldn't ever be an issue with catching them up. Yeah. Like you said, Ed, you know, like if you want them caught up to the party, they're caught up to the party. You're the friggin' GM. You know what I mean? Like God grabs you by the hair and throws you three thousand <laughs> miles north by northwest. Boom, you've caught up to the party. Just, <laughs> with fantasy
1: games it's really easy to have like the benevolent wizard teleport them and- yeah
0: exactly you know like here here's a pegasus go catch up here's a here's a horse that i blessed with you know massive endurance here's a fly potion like we were just talking about for another situation you know right. there's a thousand ways you know in fantasy based you know tabletops and in superhero games there's a whole bunch as well you know like because then you've got like technology and stuff like that too going on which will superheroes
1: which, i think even
0: easier yeah probably uh, yeah, yeah exactly here's this super stealth jet boom good done you know like hey parachute like well, I don't get to keep the jet. Do I know we're going to parachute you in, you know, like whatever, you right. know what I mean? But you know, just, you know, here's a Griffin, go catch up, you know, like you're the Griffin. Don't worry. The Griffin's an intelligent animal. It'll come back to us. It's where I'm just loaning it to you for a day. So there's no reason to keep them split up for too long, you know, unless you want to turn it into right. a thing, you know, if you can do some on the side, you know, episodic kind of stuff. Great. Like, you know, I'm going to be running some solo stuff with Adam for, you know, some um, specifically, but that's—he lives around the corner. We get together. We have more time. You know, we can we can run a camp. You know, a little mini solo session, one or two here on the
1: side, other than our standard Sunday game. Well, why don't you why don't you actually, um, because we kind of know the scenario, but for our listeners, explain the situation that you originally had planned uh, for Adam. With- yeah.
0: So originally, Adam's character, because we knew that he wouldn't be able to be here all the time. Unfortunately, his schedule doesn't allow him to be here for every Sunday game. His character was specifically designed to be a scout. He's a ranger road. 5th edition, and he is designed to basically just be super stealthy, you know, and just your kind of your atypical scout. He's got the, you know, assassinate ability from the rogue class, you know, he's got some hunters, you know, the, he's the hunter subtype for ranger, and the idea was for him to, whenever he could make it and be with the group, he's here with the group. Whenever he couldn't make it and play, you know, play with the group, so if he misses a week session, he and I get together when we can, sometime during the week. And I basically play him through an area before the party actually gets there. So he gets to basically go ahead and scout. So like today's session, we went through, you know, a marsh and there was a whole bunch of Bullywugs instead of us trampling through the marsh with an army of zombies, like the standard group has, he would have been stealthily going through the swamp, you know, making a bunch of perception checks and being aware like, okay, there's Bullywugs here. I got to make sure, you know, like. If it was clear, he could get us to keep going, but in the situations where he feels he needs to go back and warn the party, he goes back, to warn the, goes back and warns the party. So okay, this swamp's full of Bullywugs that are just all ready to just, you know, pounce the party. Let me go back and warn these guys. So then the next session when he's able to make it, he's actually, as a player in game, able to role play his character legitimately, instead of me handing him a note with, hey, there's a swamp ahead with Bullywugs, he can go, okay, guys, I was in the swamp. I tried to get through. There's a whole bunch of frigging Bollywogs up there. There's frogs everywhere be on high alert, be ready for this. This is what's going to happen. And you know, prepare the party with legitimate scout like information. So this character is totally designed to be a solo slash group character. Like he's not going to go out and take on a whole army of Bollywogs by himself, but he can scout ahead. And with his assassinate ability, he has the ability to, you know, pounce on people, you know, get a couple free shots in real quick, maybe, you know, one shot some people and, you know, then get out of dodge.
2: Right.
0: So it's a really cool concept that we came up with, uh, you know, and we are just now getting a chance to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, And I like that. I especially like that when you originally brought it up because you have the issue of the player communicating the information. So in this case, he might have come back and says, "Oh, swamp! It's full of danger. There's the, the the swamp people, the 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 those guys, the the slimy reptile guys." And he's thinking bullywugs, and the rest of the party thinks troglodytes. So we prepare for one thing, wind up with another, just because he, you know, had a little bit of bad information, which I think it's a ton of fun to to drop a surprise in the party like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that also is a prime example of one of the other options we came up with, which is the catch up game. Right. You know, you have a solo session or a small session with the player. So rather than just saying, okay, and you catch up, you say, hey, we play on Sundays. Can you meet me on Thursday? We'll do a one shot, go through what happened with your person. Um, And then you could also extend it out to the spinoff you were talking about earlier. You actually gave me some great ideas when I was listening to that with the idea of having the the original party goes off on their original thing and the person that's left behind finds out about a new threat that needs to be handled. So they have to handle that and they have to find people to help with that. All the while the original party is oblivious to the fact that this is even an issue. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. And the other nice thing too, again, with like the, like the Adam situation with his character is we never knew too far in advance when he'd be able to make it. So sometimes it might be like two sessions. He might miss two sessions in a row, which just means he's scouted further in advance before coming back and returning with information. So he might get through the swamp with the Bullywogs, you know, he might be able to stealth his way through that, think, you know what? These guys can handle this without, you know, me going back and telling them about it. Or even the other idea that we talked about was him like leaving like little clues or marks for you guys or send messages and stuff like that. Like, okay, instead of me, this isn't important for me to enough for me to go back and give these guys, you know, a heads up, but I don't want them to get surprised either. So I'm going to mark a mark on the tree. That's some kind of prearranged signal. Like, you know, draw a little skull and crossbones on the tree that, you know, right next to the path that leads into this area. Okay, guys, You know, Horus has marked this area as dangerous, so let's be cautious when we go through here. But we also know that it's not so dangerous that he's come back to assist us with it. So he thinks that we can handle it. We just need to be on guard. And he's gone another sessions, you know, in theory, another session's uh, worth of uh, scouting ahead. So then he sees you guys two sessions later. It's like, okay, you guys got through the marsh? Good. Okay, well, up ahead, there's a mountain of giants. You know, like, okay, crap.
1: Right, And then there's the absolute extreme signal, which is where the party comes across his character's body dead on the road, and then we realize that, yeah, there is some sort of danger. (laughs) Absolutely perfectly plausible. That's the risk that he runs, and he's aware of that as well. (laughs) But, I mean, that's a really good example
2: of uh, preemptively, you know, uh, taking care of this situation where this character is not going to, or this player is not going to be there you know, or, or may not be there and that, that way you're like, okay, well, if they're not there, we have a way that this character is out. You know, it makes sense that they're not there. Yeah. Okay. They're going to the GM bag of holding, but it's written into the game. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, I didn't play in this game, but a friend of mine did. I, uh, and he always told me this example, the first session anyone was ever in, um, he would do an encounter with uh Uh, And this was in a fantasy setting. I guess it could work in a superhero setting as well. We did an encounter with a a chronomancer, which is a time mage. Mm -hmm. And so, and everyone got affected by some sort of spell by this chronomancer. So, and and that was just the really easy, you know, GM way of, if you don't show up, your character goes into a pocket of time, you know, because of these side effects of this battle, you know, uh, uh, with this chronomancer and you just disappear. You just wink out of existence. You know, and then, and then later on, uh, the, uh, the, you know, when the character comes back, they wink back in and it just makes sense. Like everyone knows, Oh, you chronomancer, right. Got it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then a new player or new character comes in new encounter with the chronomancer, you know, just to have that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I always thought, well, that's kind of a neat way of doing it, but certainly you can write, if you know, you have people who are going to be missing, or if you just don't want to deal with it, then you can certainly write that sort of thing into your story.
0: Um, and that way you can kind of, kind of cut that off at the head. You know, yeah, that's kind of giving dialogue or exposition to the whole you know bag of holding kind of thing. You know, it's like it's happening. It's there's really no difference between having the setup and not having the setup, just so much as just their story to it. So you can role play it out almost like, oh, oh, you're back. Oh, thank God.
1: (laughs) I, I think it is a little bit different. You know, just to have the player just kind of gone until the player comes back, because theoretically, if you do the cardboard cutout, if you shove them into the bag of holding, you still have that option of them having them just kind of there. Um, you know, I've had a total party wipe get saved because the cardboard cutout suddenly came to life and dragged people to safety. Um, I've also, in that same game, we had a character who was very infrequently there, hilariously playing a bard who had a tendency to just show up wherever the party was when the player could make it. So we would show up in town, and there's the bard. Oh, hey, hanging out with us. Or we wake up from camp, and the bard strolls in. Oh, yeah, okay, you're coming along with us. Or my favorite was we finished scaling this mountain up this sheer cliff face to this great tower, and we pry open the doors. It hasn't been open in a 1,000 years, and the bard's inside going, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the players just, when they could make it, their character just happened to be there, and when it... When they couldn't make it, their character just did not exist in the world at all, and nobody asked any questions.
2: Yep, and you know, a lot of it's gonna, you know, you be determined by your players. But I mean, that's most people are okay with that. They get it, you know. You know, I mean, if someone's constantly not there, you may want to change some things up. You know, Um, but that's really all just you know. How the how the party's built, either you know, both as characters
1: and as players, how the GM wants to work with it, you know, um. and I think that also comes down to how you know we have these different options. I'm sure there's probably other options we haven't thought of, but I don't think any one of these is a one size fits all. all right. You're going to want to determine, you know, is this player key enough to the game that we want them to be an NPC? Do we want them to just be shoved in the bag of holding? Is this guy last session was his first time here. He's not here now. We haven't really had a chance to get to know the character. Maybe they're just gone until they show up again. You really want to analyze it on a case-by-case basis. Use which one works. Use what doesn't. Um, As always, players should be communicating with your GM. If you know you're not going to be able to make a session, let them know as early as possible. Um, And as a DM, I don't think you should hold it against the players if they can't make it to the session. Um, If a player can't make it to three, four sessions, you're starting to wonder, you know, they haven't been here in a month and a half, feel free to call them, text them, sit down with them, whatever, like, hey, are you going to be here? Are you not? You know, we can write the character out in a nice and easy way. If you know you're not going to be able to make it, we can figure out something to have you here sporadically if you're going to. Just don't tell me that you're going to make it and then be here once every other month.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can even get away with a a large group where every single player in the group is saying, hey, I don't know when I can make it, but I'll be there when I can. You just have to make sure that you build around it and build appropriately. I think a perfect scenario for that would be like what um, Jerry mentioned earlier with like the episodic, like, you know, HQ, you know, where, you know, you got the JLA and you never know what superhero is going to be around for what fiasco is going on. But, you know, whatever players show up, that's the team that's going out to deal with whatever situation the the DM or GM's, you know, plan for that week so you know everyone always returns back to base and every week whoever shows up that's the team that's going out
1: and that could also be used to reward the players that are there Mm -hmm. um because with your episodic hub based games if you're changing the team on a regular basis you may have a player who's like you know i like this idea i want to try this idea okay then okay then so you make up a second character and while the Nighthawk is off on personal business, you know, Flash Stevens comes into cover. You know, and you just have a different character that you're playing and you can decide to go back and forth and maybe at some point even play both of them simultaneously.
0: Yeah, it allows for a lot of a lot of options, a lot of character change out without while it making perfect sense. Yeah.
2: yeah. A lot of heroes games that I run. Um, I run them specifically with the thought in mind that anyone can either be here or not be here at any time. It's not really going to change what I'm doing. The only time that, that that does change, though, is in the scenario where, okay, so all of your characters have gone uh, to the warehouse where the you know, evil bad guy distributing the terrible drug is, and you're going to you know break down the doors, you're going to go in there, storms, minions, and beat them up, and I have some stuff planned for four people, and then two people don't show. Mm-hmm. you know, then that's, you know, that's a scenario where you have to, be, oh, no, you know, you, you got to figure out what you're going to do, either play as them or, you know, tone down the fight or maybe, you know, r- one thing I've done before is just rewind. So, okay, well, we won't, we won't hit this yet. We'll rewind. Remember, you know, uh, three, four sessions ago where we skipped two weeks. Okay. This is, what are your characters doing during that time? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, great. here's a, here's a, here's a side thing that you,
1: you get to do. You know, my immediate thought was kicked down the door and all of our intel was good, but they've moved locations somewhere else. Yep, so it's just the last few people picking up, we can beat them up, we can pick up the trail, we can start investigating, and then when we find out next week, we've got more backup, we're going to the real fight.
0: That's right. No, and that's 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 right. That's a, a really good way to handle it as well. Yeah, lots of different ways to handle that. Again, you know, like if you never know how many people are going to show, like, you know, you just kind of keep it very flexible. You can even have like okay, well, if two people show this week, then there's going to be six goblins. If, you know, four show, there'll be 12. If right. Six show that there'll be 18, you know what I mean? Just kind of have some random numbers there. Like, you know, an easy situation where you can easily fudge, you know, or throw some extra minions in, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, Again, like both of your guys,
1: you know, had some really good ideas there too. I think almost every fight I've done in, in like fantasy settings, at least where I'm not sure about how powerful they should be. I would have some hiding. And as the fight starts, you know, it's very common for like a round or two in, a couple more rush in or whatever. And the PCs are like, oh, yeah, and there's more that we're hiding. And really it was, well, as a DM, you guys are going a little too easy. So I want to challenge a bit. Yeah. I've also had hidden enemies disappear and the PCs never found out about them yeah. because, wow, these guys are a lot powerful, a lot more powerful than I was expecting. They're going to wipe the party if I throw these guys in as well. What's that?
2: I upped their AC and gave them an extra attack and they're wiping the floor of my PCs. Yeah, maybe six of them instead of ten.
0: Yeah, (laughs) there's always the case where like, you know, I have a lot of NPCs on the board and maybe they're starting to get a little overwhelmed, but they've already killed more than half of them. Maybe the rest run away. Yeah. you know what I mean like I maybe I put too many on the board to start with, but it's never too late to have some of them run away yeah. or you know have uh, another NPC show up that's not necessarily the hero but just because they see this other new fresh NPC show up on the PC side, oh my god, now maybe we should run away if you're worried about the whole like well they you know they, they might look battered they might look like they might could have win. okay well you know boom all of a sudden the the cleric pulls a big heel out of their butt yeah all right now everyone looks great oh crap no there's no way we can take them run away.
1: I think, I mean, we've kind of got on a sidetrack, but I do think it's important that if you don't have all of your players there, be able to adjust on the fly. Mm-hmm. Think about Definitely. think about how you structured it, how you kind of wanted things to go down, and then look at how, the, how is that going to change because some of the seats at the table are empty. Yeah. Yeah, my v-
0: absolute favorite thing that I haven't done, and it's because I haven't really had a situation where I feel like it's, it's legit, but it would be the, like in anime, sometimes they just have filler episodes. You know what I mean? Like like if you watch Bleach, almost every single episode is Ichigo, the main character, kicking butt. But every now and then there's an episode about his two younger sisters that have no special powers going shopping for dolls you know what I mean like just like has nothing to do with anything but like you can you know, and you can play that off as either just like a one off game where you hand everybody like a set of you know characters they are never going to play again or you can just have it be like this doesn't actually affect your character in any way shape or form other than the fact that you will be gaining XP for today mm-hmm. so it's not a waste on your part but like your characters are no longer in the middle of a dungeon you're now in the middle of a field of flowers and this is what's happening like just like this has nothing to do with anything this doesn't actually have any real content with the storyline, but just for fun I'm going to take your character out of this situation and put him in that situation. We're going to go through this one time, you know, this one storyline, this one off, and then next time when everyone shows up we're going to be back in the dungeon.
1: You gave me a great idea. Feel free to steal this anyone, but reduce players. So okay, we're just going to do a one-shot with different characters, kind of give them characters, go through stuff, they fight the big bad at the end, who slaughters the party. You get back to your regular session and you introduce a new villain who's the big bad from the one shot. It all yeah. took place in the same world and you've already built this guy up in your player's mind yeah, and yeah. They're, they're already like oh no that would be yeah. that would be fun
0: yeah that would yeah. be pretty cool because like, then you can tell the tale of him slaughtering the pcs like there's a legend that right. went around you know what i mean as if this actually happened <laughs> especially
2: especially if like the pcs that you'd created for that little one-off were relatively the same power level as your regular pcs and he just comes in and like obliterates them right. they're gonna be terrified because yeah, they're gonna and, g- and your, through and your that. pcs
1: are gonna be the ones that are like whoa no we can't fight this guy so. no not that
2: guy <laughs> uh one other thing i'd like to add though and we kind of just touched on it is uh the uh, the other thing you can do if you're having issues with people showing up There's always a side game you can just run a little run a little side game There's plenty of systems out there. You know, some of them, like like we talk a lot about 5th Edition and D&D, they're all very team-based. You know, there's other games out there that aren't necessarily team-oriented. You can play solo games or Mm -hmm. have two or three players. Or just play
0: a friggin' board game for the day. Sometimes it's nice to just have some fun with your group. Yeah. That's not always necessarily tabletop. Like, depends on your situation. Not all groups are able to see each other that often. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just nice to, like, hey, guys, when was the last time we watched the Lord of the Ring trilogy? Or, hey, let's play a
1: board game. You know what I mean? What what do you think? Let's bust down Munchkin or Thunderstone or something like that and just sit down and just play a game. We're still having fun. We're still playing. Yeah, still enjoying everyone's company. You know what I mean?
0: And then you can kinda of talk freely about the game too, you know what I mean? Get some creative juices going, you know, hear the players kinda of like, Oh yeah, I'd like you know, in the GM you can sit back and just hear the players kinda of go, Oh yeah, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, I'd like to see this, or wouldn't this be cool? And you're just sitting back taking notes. The GM can kind of like do like a little like survey prodding thing, like, Hey, so what do you guys what would you guys think if like, you know, dragons just all of a sudden showed up and like started killing all the you know, the giants that you guys are
1: after? Like, Oh man, that'd be crazy. All right, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so what so what's, like, one encounter, like, you've never had, but you thought would be really cool? Like, have you ever, like, done an underwater adventure, or you ever traveled through the planes? Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So let's wrap it up right about there. We got a lot of information. Hopefully we got some ideas that you can help use if people aren't there. And that'll help keep your games running consistently, which, as we said earlier, keeping a consistent game, you will be getting players wanting to ask. And if you have anybody that's got to drop out permanently, if you can keep that game running, somebody else will step in to fill their seat. Okay. So get in touch with us if you have any comments on today's show or if you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to cover or anything else you'd like to share with us. We are available. Uh, we have message boards at gamemasterstudio.proboards.com. We're on Twitter at GMS Studios. And of course, you can find and talk to us on Facebook, like, comment, subscribe, and all that other fun stuff. Thank you for listening, and we will see you the next time that we come back here in the studio.